Welcome Home, a podcast for veterans, about veterans, by veterans, is a project of Willing Warriors and the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run. Good morning. I'm Larry Zoliax, your host, Director of Culinary Services here at the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run. And today's episode, we have two uh, great guests. We have Amy Stoddard from Serving Together, and we have Kelly Tubbs, who's with the VA. And uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Northern Virginia Veteran Suicide Coalition and the work that it's doing um, and how it came to be. Uh, so welcome to the Welcome Home podcast, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So, um, Amy, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell us a little bit about your background and serving together, I uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, it's so good to be here this morning. And again, um, such a privilege to to be at Willing Warriors. So I am the program manager for Serving Together. Um, I have been with Serving Together for about two years. Um, and our entire mission is to help connect veterans, service members, their families, and our caregivers to resources here in the DMV region. Um, and we do this through coordinated care, which is um, where we have our peer navigators who are able to answer the phone and actually talk to the individual. Um, and to be able to not just identify one need, but many needs at one time, and then be able to actually do the actual work to be able to get them connected to those specific resources. Okay, and great. And uh, Kelly, uh, tell us about your role at the VA and what, what you're, you do day to day. All right. Um, so Kelly Tubbs, the Community Engagement Partnerships Coordinator for the Washington, D.C. VA and Suicide Prevention. Um, so my role consists of community engagement with the purpose of forming coalitions to address veteran suicide through three specific uh, priority group areas. My day to day consists of community outreach um, how I determine who I outreach is based on a landscape analysis. So I kind of look at services, what's already going on in a specific community, reach out to those individuals, tell them about the program, see if there's any interest in forming a community-based coalition, and then from there, the next steps uh, coming. I've been with the, this position about a year now uh, with the Washington, D.C. VA. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just a little bit of background for our listeners. Um, uh, I'm sure that many of them are, are familiar with the 22 veterans a day uh, commit suicide. Um, and uh, there's a lot of information now flowing around about what that number actually is these days. That that number was taken from a, a Veterans Administration report, I think, back in 2012. So it's, it's, uh, it's been around for a while. Um, here in the United States, unfortunately, uh, 182 Americans uh, take their life every day. Um, and uh, of that, the VA's current number, uh, based on testimony that the uh, administrator gave last summer to Congress, was uh, 17 oh. veterans a day commit suicide. Um, there is uh, findings from a report called Operation Deep Dive that was uh research done by the um, uh, Duke University and um, the America's Warrior Partnership sponsored it and I think it was funded by Bristol Myers Gribb that says that number that they found was about 24 so it's somewhere in between there Um, uh, some of the things though that I found very interesting in that report that they highlighted 
um, was that the longer somebody served in the service, the less likely they were to take their life when they separated and became a veteran by about 2% every year that they were in, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they found that veterans who did commit suicide, um, the highest number were in those that had separated from the military within three years. Um, they also found that uh, those veterans that committed suicide, 56% of them had undergone, while they were in the service, some disciplinary action, which uh, I, I thought was mm -hmm. pretty interesting. Um, and then, uh, surprisingly, they found in their research the largest number of veterans that uh, took their own life were uh, Coast Guard veterans. Um, with the uh, Marine Corps uh, following them, the Army, Navy, and then finally the Air Force. So uh, it's, um, it's just, uh, it's terrible, of course. Um, and unfortunately, there's no easy answer. Um, I'd, I'd like you each to talk a little bit about how the uh, Northern Virginia Veteran Suicide Coalition came to be and uh, what type of work it's doing and what, what you see as the future. Amy, if you could start that. Sure. Um, well, so it all really started actually with the VA reaching out um, and, and the coalition starting at Serving Together you know, um, suicide prevention is one of our, you know, of course, one of our highlights. We are a mental health and human service org, and we do that, you know, the prevention measures through education and other variety of programs that we offer. But really, when the VA proposed this coalition, it was something that I definitely wanted the Northern Virginia to be a part of because we understand that prevention, education, advocacy, and actually just having more conversations about it and how can we actually change. Um, and, and so that's why Serving Together wanted to partner with uh, Kelly at the VA to be a part of this movement in Northern Virginia um, and to also have these hard and difficult conversations, right? And um, to be the lead. So if there is a veteran, especially when we're doing client-facing work, that veteran knows the organizations, they know us, they know how to connect, which is so important, mm -hmm. to be able to provide those services that could support them through their journey. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, I, if I'm not mistaken, this came about by a really strong push within the agency recently um, to uh, get out more into the community and and to try and help more local community-based services. Uh, precisely. Um, the position CEPC, Community Engagement Partnership Coordinator, is rolled out across the nation. Um, I took the position about a year ago, and I was the second wave. And the idea is, is the VA is taking a public health approach. It's like, yes, you're a VA medical center. Um, yes, second largest bureaucracy in government, but every VA medical center is in a community itself. Mm -hmm. And so it's recognizing, okay, if we're going to address veteran suicide, we also need to address what's going on in that community. Because like you said, um, 182, I think it was suicides outside a veteran is still a problem. Yeah. You know, veteran or not, a life is lost. So the VA took that public health approach. Um, and then the other good thing about this position is that, yes, my job is to develop new community coalitions. However, again, there were people, nonprofits doing the work 
ahead of this. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found serving together in every mind. And um, I come from community. I worked for an ACT program. And what I realized is let's not reinvent the wheel. You've been doing the work. You're subject matter experts. Let's talk. And if you're willing to adapt a priority group area, let's move forward. Matt was serving together and Amy, they were all in it. And that's how we kind of developed it. Um, it's not so much big VA coming into these nonprofits and communities want to take over. It's we're taking a public health approach. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have a public health approach, we need to work with the public, with those community providers, and even the people in the community, barbershops, gyms, and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can tell you that the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run came to the uh, coalition because uh, we've recognized through our uh, direct contact with the families, the warriors that come to us, um, that it is a serious concern. Um, and we deal primarily with um, active duty soldiers who are in the hospital system. But early on, um, we briefed out after a stay a warrior who told us that um, he wanted to come with his family to sort of give them a vacation because he intended to take his own life after uh, th- they uh, went back home. And he said that coming here had proven to him that his family was not better off without him. And we hadn't even considered that something that we would do would have that much of an impact on someone else. We were just having a retreat for wounded warriors, and they could come. They'd have a great time um, and take a break from their um, hospital routine. And it hadn't even dawned on us that, that we could make that much of an impact. So it was really uh, a number of years ago where we took it upon ourselves to understand that the most important thing we do is to surreptitiously convince the warrior that their family is not better off without them. So every every activity, everything that we do is family-oriented. There's, uh, every uh, helicopter ride that they go on, they take the family. Every off-site advent- venture they go on, it's take the family. Um, so uh, we've had a number of warriors who have uh, self-identified to us that, that, that they had considered um, suicide. One of our recent guests uh, told the story about sitting on the edge of the bed with a handgun to his head when he heard the baby cry, and that actually pulled him out of it. And and so we were so excited to to be able to be involved in the the coalition because um, it's so important to bring uh, a whole wide range of services to the veteran or the warrior because there's no one cause for this. Um, We do know some things that depression and isolation play a a tremendous part in uh, a soldier or a warrior taking their own life. Um, And of course, then there's the issue of lethal means uh, and lethal means safety because 70 uh, plus percent of veterans who uh, take their own life do so with a firearm. Um, And so uh, if you could just talk a little bit about what that lethal means safety program uh, that the uh, coalition has started is all about. 
Oh, okay. Well, and just like you, um, the example you gave, when um, lethal means safety is brought up, there is, especially within this population, a focus on firearms. And I'm glad you brought that up. And the reason it's focused on is because that is the primarily means used research-wise. There's other means, definitely. And so with lethal means, what we want to focus is, I call putting a pause in between. Perfect example, heard the baby crying, pause in between, stopped. Mm -hmm. So what we started looking uh, with the coalition was that, okay, let's address lethal means safety. How can we do that? Okay, well, we can give out gun locks, but you have a gun lock there, what else? So that's when we started looking at, okay, who are our members? What services are provided? What are the uh, What is the community in Northern Virginia in this area? What would they need on top of those gun locks, mm -hmm. right? Um, housing resources, food resources. So we took a whole kind of biopsychosocial approach, not just saying, here's a gun lock, everything's going to be okay. Let's look at everything else. Let's look at what the agencies that are in the coalition are bringing, and let's use those services on top of having a lethal means safety kind of initiatives. So that way, there's resources there. If they experience a crisis, there's a means to put pause between them and that means going forward, and hopefully that safety uh, for that veteran or service member continues. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. Um, when Amy and I were talking, I didn't know that you have more to throw in or did I miss anything? No, I mean, you you covered really the basis to why we're doing it. At the coalition, our real focus is to be able to distribute those throughout the community, mm -hmm. to have them at tabling events, to give them to our providers so they have them in their organizations. Because again, we want accessibility to our veterans and families to know where I can receive help? Where, where's a credible organization that's going to step up and really help me through whatever the process is that they're going with? So that's really one of our priorities at the coalition is to get these distributed. We put together the 75. Um, we've had several tabling, tabling events where we've given out over 50, and we want that number to continue to grow mm -hmm. because it also gives an opportunity to have a conversation and a conversation leads to connection. Mm -hmm. And that leads an opportunity to maybe have those hard conversations where that could be that moment between exactly the examples you gave, right? Mm -hmm. Having someone say, for the first time, I feel seen. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, it's kind of that broader um, perspective on why that's one of the areas that we really wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to say, um, you guys are doing amazing work, really. Uh, it's... it's um, uh, how many organizations are involved now? Do we have a count? So we have, yeah, we're close uh, to 20. And, yeah. of course, we want this to grow because right. the more providers or orgs that join, the more conversations that are having outside of the coalition. Exactly. And that is the key, um, is really to have um, individuals who come who are able. Let's be honest. It's not just our service members, right? Mm -hmm. It's our coworkers. We work in a very heavy veteran military service. A lot of us are connected, whether we're spouses, veterans ourselves. Sure. Um, and we also work where there's a lot of stress. So being together as a community is more than just between the military, right? It's about supporting each other and making sure that we're good, mm -hmm. right? As we're providing these amazing services, the people who are providing it have to be supported as well. Yeah. It's like we're all serving together. We're all serving Sorry. together. Oh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell, yes. <laughs> well, listen, um, Thank you for taking the time today to, to talk with us. And uh, for our listeners out there, if you're having trouble, if you're a veteran um, or, or anyone who's having um, issues and trouble, uh, 
and and feels like uh, they're reaching for a permanent solution to a temporary problem, um, reach out. Uh, the National Suicide Hotline number is 988. And for veterans, it's 988-PRESS-1. And you'll be connected to a veteran counselor. Um, and uh, just talk to somebody and uh, reach out. If you're a veteran, uh, call a buddy. Um, uh, call us here at the Warrior Retreat. Um, call, just call somebody and talk about it. Um, and put the handgun away. Put a lock on it. Um, as Kelly says, we want to pause. The longer the pause, the better off everyone is. Um, your family is not better off without you. Um, and so uh, please consider giving uh, the 988-plus-1 uh, number a call if you, uh, if you feel you need it. And share that number with your buddy. Um, uh, but Do you have a add? Just something to yep. uh, hop on that. So I also, I always, um, if I'm doing briefings or trainings, I always emphasize the crisis line because it kind of goes back to like you were talking about. Um, I think you said it was like 56% are those individuals who may have served three years or under. Yeah. Um, so those individuals, I'm not saying that everyone in that percentage falls into this category, but there are service members I've met who didn't feel he or she was eligible because maybe they didn't serve X amount of time or maybe they were only in for a year and a half. Um, so they just don't register. I always encourage the crisis line because if you have an individual who hasn't been seen at the VA, isn't linked or registered, they call that crisis line number. There's then motion set in place to where the suicide prevention team is alerted, a chart's created. They're then followed up with. So that individual who may have not been registered with the VA, mm -hmm. if they're contacting the crisis line, they're going to be followed up with. So then they're going to be linked to services. Now their participation in those services, that's down the line. Mm -hmm. But it's reaching those members who may not even be registered with the VA or getting services and getting them in and get that help. It's really um, important. So I always push that crisis line. So I appreciate you putting that out there. Yeah, also um, uh, the Compact Act, mm -hmm. which was recently signed into law, is uh, extremely important. Um, primarily because if you're a veteran and you're in crisis and you can receive mental health um, uh, assistance from any organization or any um, inpatient, any hospital, anywhere, and the VA will cover those costs, mm -hmm. which that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other thing I'd like to say, too, is that if you're a veteran and you are receiving services from the Veterans Administration, if you, you should try to get a counselor. Um, sign up, get a counselor, even though you think you may not need a counselor. Um, and then just use that counselor for maintenance. But if you do at some point need a counselor, that's not the time to try and find one or get one from the VA. You will already have a counselor that you can reach out to. Uh, and, and get the assistance that you need much quicker than if you tried to get a counselor uh, when you're in crisis. It's just not going to work. So uh, I would encourage all of the veteran listeners who uh, do get services from the VA, um, uh, get a counselor, get a VA counselor, um, and have that in your back pocket. Um, so uh, once again, thank you guys so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having us. This is great. And um, we'll be back with a, uh, another episode in a couple of weeks. Until then, um, stay safe, and thanks for listening. 
The Welcome Home Podcast is brought to you by Willing Warriors, a nonprofit organization serving active duty service members and veterans since 2012. To learn more, please visit our webpage at willingwarriors.org.